Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. This afternoon, I'm joined by the turkey to my con queso, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing today, man? I was hoping to be the stuffing to your turkey. Like, you know, I was hoping so. What do you mean the con queso? I don't want your con queso turkey. Yeah, you do. So this year, we're going to make it, but we don't have dining room chairs yet for the house. And so next year we're gonna have dining room chairs, hopefully by the springtime. And once Wait, we... I thought you had a nice ass dinner table. Don't, we, don't don't have any, we don't have any chairs though. So you have a great table. You just have no chairs. You pull up chairs that you get at the beach. I mean, Everybody loves. No, beach. we gotta buy like eight chairs. It's gonna cost like five hundred dollars or some crap. And uh, so we haven't done that just yet, as we've been slowly you know, putting together this house. But next year turkey con queso time i i posted on twitter because somebody asked for it and somebody asked me for the recipe i said dm me for the recipe one person responded he sent a message to his friend today and tagged me and he said this is what i'm working on i got, I got brining right now <laughs> i told him i was like if you make it send me a picture and i'll send you something all right so your con queso thing is just something crazy for me but here's also my counter for it it's so much better than regular turkey, where for me, I'm just such a big fan of deep fry. You yeah. don't understand. My, my, my mother-in-law, it makes the best deep fried turkey where I truly freak out because it just melts in my mouth. Your con queso, it's not bad because it's still giving me substance versus the dryness. I go for dark pieces because I hate the white pieces. The white pieces are too dry. Give me something juicy. Yeah, that's the most racist thing I've ever heard, you know. What? What are you talking about? You hate the white pieces and you love the brown pieces? I'm only talking about a turkey. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Strictly talking about a turkey right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I, I don't know. I like turkey. My favorite thing to make is a, a sandwich where it's just mayonnaise, salt, and, tur- and leftover turkey. I mayonnaise. love it. <laughs> And leftover turkey. That's it. That that doesn't sound appealing. Maybe just, but that's my point on why it sounds awful. It sounds like the worst thing you could ever have. But I'm telling you, like you make it, and like at you know, two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning, and uh, it's incredible. (laughs) You might as well have just said throw some pickles on there, and that's exactly how. I mean, if you want to. Want to you just shrug your shoulders like you would do something? I made that even grosser, and you said bring it on. What I mean, is pickles your are good in sandwiches? Put a little stuffing and gravy in there, some pickles. It sounds good. I'm, I don't eat stuffing, I'm more of a mashed potatoes, turkey, green beans, and if you're man enough, there's mac and cheese on that plate. I'll always remember y'all making fun of me in Vegas and said I had a child's plate because yeah, I got because you got no, you got macaroni and cheese and chicken fingers. <laughs> You guys made fun of me for a solid 12 hours. It hurt my feelings. It's like we went to Roadhouse for my birthday two years ago, and two of the people got, like, 
just three f- fried food appetizers. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get the Rattler Bites, I'm going to get French fries, and I'm going to get uh, chicken tenders. Like, sure. It's like the most like stoner meal ever. It happens. People just want other things. You're, you're such a picky eater, all right? Just because it's not fancy enough for you. I'm not very but picky in, at all. You're so I just eat high protein is what I try to do. Matt, you make sure everybody has to go to a certain restaurant because you only want to go to this one restaurant a year in advance for your birthday. Every single year it happens. You plan at least nine months in advance on the restaurant we are going to. And just to let our audience know, the restaurants include Chili's, Applebee's. We haven't gone to Chili's yet. We went Roadhouse. We went Applebee's. Uh, last Last year was Outback. And then this, year, this year's Olive Garden. I just want to also, I, we got to move on, but I just want to also say this little tidbit. The fact that we were sitting at separate tables because it was during the pandemic, we couldn't have that big of a party. But the table I was at, I ordered a bottle of wine so that everybody at our table could have a glass. And we cheers to you at the other table, who I did not order a glass for, may have been the greatest thing on planet. It is beautiful. And it's okay. like, it's just so stupid too that they did that. It's like there's no logic or reason anymore. Like we all like left and hung out together. It's like, yeah, we brought the COVID over there and we brought the COVID back with us and we went and gave each other COVID afterwards. It's such a stupid world. They made us sit like two feet apart with the tables, but yet we were allowed six at a table. We just couldn't have more. It's so stupid. Um, Yeah, but I'm excited for Olive Garden. I'm excited to get a tour of Italy. I'm excited to wear blazers and drink red wine and everything. Uh, Olive Garden is easily the best choice you've ever done. The people that hate of all the people that hate on Olive Garden, I actually have a real genuine issue with because I feel like that you haven't had Olive Garden because otherwise you would be loving it. Yeah, it just it, doesn't make any sense. It's good, but it's like it's just something. It's just so bad for you, you know. Like when you look at the the menu and everything else, but yeah, Olive Garden's good. You're not supposed to look at the menu. I know, but it's like. Sure. It's like I'm getting, you know, pasta and it's 1,900 calories. It's like Cheesecake Factory makes a, a chicken Caesar salad that's like 2,400 calories. And that place is in the front to God. But I think next year we'll have to go to Cheesecake Factory. All I know is that I don't like the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm tired of people talking about the Cheesecake Factory. And I've been to the Cheesecake Factory. And I don't like that place at all. It's I think the, it's okay. Yeah, it is. But it's also like the most like high-calorie food you can ever get to. Like it's, just, it's absurd the caloric intake you can get at that place. I just I, I would prefer never to have it. I would rather spend the money at I could spend ten dollars more per plate than not go to Cheesecake Factory because I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, it makes sense. I would not go like unless it's ironically, you know, this only, or if I have to, or if I have a gift card, gift card or ironically, the only time is right. going to Cheesecake Factory. Uh, I'm wearing my little like spinny hat. I'm wearing a or I'm wearing a bowler hat. I got a, a a cute little mustache that's like, you know, barely covers my lip. I got pencil, thin mustache, and I got sideburns and like a real snazzy shirt, you know, and suspenders. And I'm going to the, the Cheesecake Factory. So our our first question is from at found of HOU Sports. And he pretty much gave me a whole podcast to record on Friday, maybe. Uh, but he asked, what is your go-to Thanksgiving cocktail? I don't think I have one because even on Thanksgiving, I'll have a few beers, but the problem is the food and it's the type of food that you have. It makes me sleepy. Yeah. So I have a go-to cocktail if I would, 
If I would, I'll start out early in the morning. It's always a mimosa. I'm going to do a mimosa in the morning. With, That's what with I'll gravy do. and champagne, right? Exactly. I'll have the champagne and the orange juice beforehand. And then no, I'll no, begin. I'm saying you just pour, you take a big thing of gravy in a mug and pour vodka in it. I'm not doing that. Or no, champagne into the gravy, you know? I'm not doing that. If anything, I'll just go with vodka soda at the end of the day. I made this thing like three years ago. I liked a lot. And it was like a. It was like black tea and mint and whiskey, and that was nice. And then we've been making that apple cider thing. It's just real sugary where it's apple cider, honey, cinnamon sticks, lemon juice, and whiskey. And that's nice because, like, it's real warm, but it's just real sugary. You feel, like, you feel real sticky the next day. But I think, I think my favorite one is probably, I don't know. I like just drinking, like, 12 beers, you know? That's what I mean. It's more of a beer. A nap. Uh, but well, I like I like having whiskey that evening sticky. or so. What did, what did you mean by you feel sticky? It's just a lot of sugar, you know. What What does that mean? How do you feel sticky? It's just a lot of sugar. Sugar doesn't make you feel sticky. Why do you feel sticky? Yeah, because sugar is sticky. You know, all the honey and the apple cider and everything <gasps> else. You know. Okay. Well, I just well, we talked about this last year. Thanksgiving's a sexy holiday. Oh my there's god! There's nothing. No. There's nothing like. There's nothing more loving. Then have like a big sweaty gut that you can barely pop out and rubbing that all over your significant other. There's nothing I'm sexier not, than that. There's a lot of things that are sexier than that. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not a food guy that likes that type of fetish. I'm, we talked about this last year. I'm not saying there's any food involved. There's no food involved. I'm not saying we're like feeding each other mashed potatoes. I'm saying that, you know, real love is you plop out that big old full belly, full belly and you're all constipated. Full yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm already getting excited for for tomorrow. And you pop that big old belly out. You're all sweaty. You're constipated. That's what love is, you know. That's not what love is. That's not what we're talking about. That's not a Thanksgiving day I want to be a part of. Yeah, it is. All right. So I also the other thing here is my friend uprooted Texan with the website. He's in Vegas right now, and so he <laughs> at, yeah he went to Vegas for Thanksgiving. Um, he asked some questions about some card games that sort of thing. But I don't, we don't, I don't know very much at all about it. But what we're going to do as we preview the three Thanksgiving games and the Houston Texans game on Sunday is we're going to come up with a parlay here, right? We're going we're gonna to do 25-25, and we're going to do a $50 parlay for the Thanksgiving games tomorrow. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. That's easy. All right, so we got Chicago-Detroit. The Lions are three-and-a-half-point favorites. We have Vegas-Dallas. The Cowboys are seven-point favorites. We have Buffalo-New Orleans. The Saints are four-point underdogs. I mean, the Lions are three-and-a-half-point underdogs in their game, too. And they have Houston, New York Jets. Um, the Texans are three-point favorites at home. Last week, you went, I went, th- I went two and three. You went three and three. I'm at 28 and 23. You're at 27-24. I'm uh, a game up right now. And so we're going to go ahead and get started with Chicago, Detroit. Now, I'm begging. I'm praying. I went to, uh, I went to my mosque today. I went to the what? temple yesterday. I'm a polytheist. I'm going to every god. I went to the church tomorrow. I'm praying to every god out there that uh, I did a rain dance in the backyard. You know, no, you I killed a reindeer. To, you wish you I did all these things. That Dan Campbell gets his first win the season on Thanksgiving Day. I want them to dump gravy all over him after they win tomorrow. All right, man. So... I've been hanging out today, and I've been spending a lot of time with some of the insiders, and I've heard some type of reports going on. 
that regardless of the outcome, that after tomorrow's game with Chicago, Nagy's fired. Okay. No matter what. Yeah, no matter what the outcome is, that he's fired. But in the end, it goes back to what I believe with you. I don't think Nagy's a guy that's going to be going for a last hurrah. I think this is kind of Campbell's shot here where regardless of who his quarterback is, regardless of what's going on, I think DeAndre Swift is going to be able to make some plays to be able to get them at least a TD or two, which this may be one of the worst Thanksgiving games of all time, which is fine because I have a lot of fantasy on this. So I'm thinking it's going to be a very low-scoring game, but I think that Campbell may be able to pull this off. Yeah, so we get Andy Dalton's playing this week because Justin Justin Fields' ribs are hurt right now. And Dalton was lucky that Darnell Mooney, you know, broke a short pass into a touchdown for him. And they, you know, nearly beat the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are, you know, the good-bad team this year. They're able to consistently win close games against bad teams and kind of just, like, struggle their way through it after their big injury luck this year. Uh, but with Fields, I guess, like, even though he's not playing this week, he's out this week, we have Andy Dalton. But do you think Fields is good? I don't think he's bad. I think that it's still a question. I'm going to give it a question mark more than anything because you also have to remember he just had Montgomery for the past two games as well where even last game he was injured. So Allen Robinson, I don't know what what that whole thing is going on, but that's not even a person that's in the picture these days, and yet that was supposed to be the number one. So I, I like that Fields is at least getting a type of relationship with Mooney. And now that they have Montgomery back, I think this team is able to step in the right direction. It just sucks that he's hurt. I'm still a question mark here. I don't think he's done anything for me to say, oh, I think he's bad. I think the jury's still out there. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like I think it's kind of like with um, – I'm trying to think about the quarterback that we talked about. It's like, I mean, he may be bad. Um, who's he may still be up good. Um, who was it last year that we kept talking about where we're like, I just don't know if he's good or not because of the situation that he was in. Last year? Yeah. Last year's hard for me. Because um, last year was Herbert. It was Burrow. Wasn't it still, weren't we talking about Darnold still? No, we weren't talking about Darnold. I always believe that it's Darnold. Because who else are we talking about? I don't like talking about any other person. It's always Darnold or nothing. Yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed that I I don't remember anything anymore. But it's like there's a quarterback last year. They're like, I don't know. He may be good. You know? Oh, maybe it's Daniel Jones. I think it was Daniel Jones. He may be good. I don't know. And then Jason Garrett is recently fired. But I think Justin Fields is kind of like in a similar vein, you know, where he may be good. He may not. I just don't. I just don't know enough at all right now with Justin Fields. The one thing that's weird about him is that he's last in DYAR and DVOA. Uh, you know, Davis Mills is a higher DVOA than Trevor Lawrence right now. I'm not sure if that makes sense. I mean, he, he is. That's what the numbers say. But the one thing about Fields that's interesting is that he's first in the NFL in intended air yards, so he throws the ball downfield a ton, and like he's made some really beautiful throws. Kind of like we talked about with Zach Wilson where. There's been some you know outrageous flashes so far, but like he does push the ball downfield. He's not afraid. He's a good runner. He's a strong body. But it's like we don't know until we see him with the actual head coach and the actual offense and the actual offensive coordinator and the actual offensive line and all of these things that the Bears been you know, struggling to find you know since they selected Trubisky I guess four years ago. 
Well, and I think that brings up a good point since we're talking about Jason Garrett and kind of the New York Giants. It's kind of the same thing for me where for this year now, Jason Garrett is just now that first piece of the domino for them where that they're going to clean house entirely. Because I talked about it even before the season started. They put everything into this team. And this is why I'm comparing it. It's because with Chicago, they haven't done that yet for Fields. Where they, but still, they, it's weird because they kind of did, though. They didn't, do well, it for, they didn't do it for Fields, but yeah. they traded a lot of first-round picks. They have an but, old veteran defense. They have an expensive roster. Yeah, they haven't built around Fields just yet, but they yeah. have invested heavily into their team. And so like we talked about last year with the Bears going in the season, they may never even put Fields in a good spot because of how the roster is constructed anyways. But that's what I mean, is that the team, it may have been designed, it may have been structured in somewhere where they were paying people, it's just it wasn't designed around Fields, where at least give him that shot where now you have the quarterback. Because, again, he's still shown that he can still be able to start and play football, which is a lot. Because I'll put it this way, Matt. How how confident do you feel if I'm going to compare Fields, Trey Lance? Who do you like more? Fields. There it is. I hate See? Trey Lance. I, I absolutely I, hate Trey Lance. I know you do, which is why I bring it up. You still feel like Fields, there's a chance. So, yes, build around the kid. See what he's able to do in the long run. Now you have that centerpiece to be able to do some things. Versus now the New York Giants – it's it's full on everything's gone, but Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, I, man, he's gonna be a starting quarterback somewhere. Is, yeah, there's Ryan, there's Ryan Tannehill potential with him. We're like yes. he's made some really great down. He's never been as, he has never been as good as Tannehill has been. Like even when Tannehill was like three or four years into his career, you know, he's never been as good as him yet. But he's made some really incredible long throws. He's a good athlete. He's the best running back that the Giants have. And so like I'm all in on Houston trading Deshaun Watson to the Giants getting the Bears' top 10 pick, getting the Giants' top 10 pick. And I don't want to take on Danny Jones, but like it's not the worst thing in the world if you get him in that trade as well, too, and toss in you know, two seconds or whatever. So you have two top 10 picks, you have a top five pick of your own, you have Daniel Jones, and you have two second-round picks. And that's my own personal favorite Deshaun Watson trade scenario. And like you mentioned, the Garrett firing, which was a... he. I mean, he's awful. Like, the offensive round with, with Jones did not take advantage of it all whatsoever. And I think I agree with you, too. It's like the first domino to fall. It's like it happens to him, and then it happens to Joe Judge. And it's going to happen to Gettleman, and they're going to completely change everything over there. But you have to. And it's because it, I talked about it before this season, which is why I picked them. Funny enough, and I could have been jinxed my own team. We'll talk about them later, how much I hate them. But when it comes to the New York Giants, they went in on this season, man. This was everything for them where I even said, I don't know how you get better or how you try to get better on either side. This was them going all in, which also brings up Garrett to the point. What are you doing? Do you do you understand where the offense has gone to these days? Do you understand what the offense is now in the NFL or what you should be trying to do versus it's the most boring game of football that doesn't work unless you have the most perfect team you could possibly have around you. It's never going to work for Garrett, which is why I'm not sure where he's going to be getting a next head coaching job or an even offensive coordinator job in the NFL. I feel like he's going to be having to go to college. Maybe he I, should just go on like, I, I was like, maybe go on TV, but he'd be not very good at that either. 
You know what? I think he'd be Maybe better. he could be a commentator. Him and Troy Aikman can do, uh, make a three-man booth, you know. Troy's not much better. After listening to him in the Kansas City game, Troy and Joe Buck are not much better than Chris Collinsworth and uh, the guy who always makes me blank because I always think about Chris. But it's just the same dynamic. We need to start interchanging these old men, all right? I don't care where you're from. <sighs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> you just Matt, you know what my comparison is though? Hmm. Tony. Yeah, what do Tony's I see? Tony, what do I see with the Manning brothers? You just see something young and fresh. It's not like it's young, young. The, mo- it's- the most uh the most boomer one though is Boomer Esiason yelling at Phil Sims on CBS. They always yell at each other and they just laugh and like they bully Phil on that show. It makes me feel bad. Is Jaw supposed to be that punching bag, okay? It makes me sad. It's um, like what my job is. My job is in the friend group. I'm the punching bag. It hurts my feelings. We all take turns being the punching bag. So the Lions last week, they started Tim Boyle, and they nearly beat the Browns as well, too. But Boyle was 15-23 for 77 yards, threw zero touchdowns to two interceptions, and he's like a guy the Lions like actively pursued as the backup quarterback, and you know they really like him for whatever reason I understand. But we are getting Jared Goff this week, and Jared Goff is a short passer going up against a you know a good Bears yeah. pass rush. But that's a pass rush that won't have Cleo Mack because he's on injured reserve or Keem Higgs. So it's like it's Robert Quinn, and that's it. And now their offensive line's a little bit better now that it's Vitae. I mean not Vitae, but Peeney is back at right tackle and Decker's at left tackle. And you know Peeney's been better at right than at left again soon. And DeAndre Swift's really good, and the Bears don't have like a, a tremendous run defense either. And so it's like, I think it's going to be screen passes, a lot of short little passes over and over again. And uh, I don't know. I just like, I have a lot of good feelings for the Lions in this game. All right. So, you know, it's great. Let's, let's talk about how great Tim Boyle is. 77 yards, two interceptions, 15 of 23 last week. Matt, if that's what the game is, I'm going to puke. All right. I, I just can't watch that because the only thing you have is to be able to say, well, look at DeAndre Swift and his 14 carries. Look what he's done. Look at all those yards. Matt, if I see this game, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be a bad Thanksgiving it, to well, start luckily, out. Luckily, it's Jared Goff's time. Hopefully, he should play tomorrow. I don't know what Jared Goff is going to be able to show, but at this point, he has Jared- to. He has to suck it up and play because this is a game that they can win. It's a game they probably should win. And Dan has to get a win. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Daniel Jones? Uh, Jones. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or any other starting quarterback in the NFL? I'd rather have, I guess, Jared Goff. I don't know. (laughs) I'd rather have Jared Goff than Davis Mills. That's not a starting quarterback. I'm sorry, did you not just see who your team started last week? Well, I mean, he did start seven games. I'd rather have Jared Goff than... Give me a starter. Um, give, me a, give me a starter, dude. Ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger. I wouldn't even take that. I think you're. <laughs> I think I don't like Big Ben at all. You're such a lot, and that's my point to you. Jared Goff has just fully shown what we have always suspected, and what you and I have always talked about. He is now going to be a career backup. Which, by the way. I think Jared Goff is going to be one of the best backups of all freaking time. But he's going to be a backup forever and ever because that's where he belongs. Matt, I wouldn't take 
I wouldn't take him over any okay. other. All right, I got team. it. I got it. You ready? What do you I'd got? rather have Jared Goff over Andy Dalton. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. He's only playing because, and by the way, Nagy even came out and said that if Fields is healthy, then that's who's going to be playing. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I'm well, saying they, who's starting right now. Like, Dalton was a star going into the year. Right. He's been their primary starter. Look, starting quarterbacks come in all shapes and forms. All right, well, if we're saying that, I'd rather have Jared Goff than Sam Darnold. Does that count? Whoa, that counts. I'm going to take that. Really? Because at least I know Jared Goff won't throw terrible interceptions, you know? Really? Whoa. Okay, that's news to me. I don't like it. It's also I'm... like if I have Jared Goff at, quarter, at quarterback, like I'm probably not going to, like he's won more games than Darnold ever has. Wow. Well, that doesn't make a difference considering what his team was. And by the way, uh, we're going to have to bring this insider on when it comes to the Rams. I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. He's been proven wrong when it comes to – or proven right when it comes to Matthew Stafford versus winning teams. I just want to throw that out there before we get going. It's just Matthew Stafford versus winning teams is not very point out. Yeah. I mean, I would pick the Packers this week too just because of how good their safety play has been this year with Savage and Amos back there that – they really did a great job taking away your deep passes to Russell Wilson. Uh, they've been great doing that all season long. Even against Arizona, they did that too. And you know, I think they'll do the same thing against Los Angeles this week too. So my pick, I'm going Lions 17, Bears 15. You and I got a little bit of a difference. What's the point differential? The Bears are three and a half point favorites. I think they clear it. I got Bears. I got them at 23. I got the Detroit Lions at 15. Well, if we do a parlay, are we gonna, do you want to do Bears or Lions? Because I want to do Lions. Hold on, hold on. If we're doing, See, that's the problem with me in the game. Am I gambling? Yeah, we're doing 20, it's only $25. The Lions are can more I fun. Can what? I split it with gambling and like picking for real? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about for the parlay, though. You could do it in the Lions. Okay. Parlay. I'm going to agree with you because I don't think it's going to be a three-point differential. Podcast and audience, well, po- don't take Podcast, you have the Bears, though. Podcast, I'm taking Bears. Yeah, I'm yeah. still taking Bears. Yeah, but gambling, if I'm going to put my money on it, I'm not going to bet money on the Bears to pull this out with Andy Dalton. I just can't. I, I just have a good feeling about it. I'm excited to see Dan Campbell <laughs> smiling, that big wet goatee, that big furry thing, just chomping down a giant turkey leg. I can't wait to see it. It's me erotic. Yes, again, Thanksgiving's a sexy holiday. Dan Campbell eating a turkey leg, pretty sexy. Some sexy I mean, stuff. It's so it's so sexy. It's such sexy I stuff. I just do. I just do. I'm gonna say podcast gamble. I'm not talking money. I'm always wrong. But with podcast, dude, I think I'm right on this. All right. I think I'm right. All right. Well, we're gonna find out. The next game we have here at Las Vegas, Dallas. The Cowboys are seven point favorites. Uh, do you feel bad about your Cowboys after the loss to the Chiefs? So the reason why I was demanding for us to do the podcast early is actually because of these two teams that we're about to talk about with the Thanksgiving games. Man, I don't understand Buffalo. I don't understand Dallas. I don't understand these two teams. I can never, I can never tell you or wrap my head around exactly what they are doing. But with what I saw last week with Dallas – I can't be confident anymore. Mm. I, I am truly the hesitant fan. I am truly believing this could be a same type of Cowboys team. 
I don't give a crap about the injuries. I could care two less about who is out, even if it was seven guys, even if he did not have Amari Cooper. That does not mean anything to me. Even if he lost CD, I do not care. I am paying Dak $75 million. The team is. I just say that as a fan because what I do. But when it comes to him overthrowing Gallup in the first drive of the game, yeah, I, the moment he overthrew him with five yards, it was five yards over his head. It's somehow the audience gets to him where my father yells at me all the time, Dak's, fig- Dak's figured out. They're done. They got in his head. He's done. Mm. And – I hate to agree it, but the other issue I have with last game more than anything on why I'm hesitant to believe in them, Dak and Kellen Moore deserve 50-50 blame for last game. What the hell are you even thinking when Dak is 29-0 and when they run the ball more than they throw the ball? Yeah. You down six points to ten points the entire time. Why aren't you running the ball? Mm-hmm. In it 14 times versus 46 passes. What are you even thinking about right now? I don't care about Zeke looking slow. I don't care about the way he looks like Fat Boy. I just think in a way he's banged up because it's a lot now that he's older and his body's taking the blows. My issue is, is that you also have Pollard who is running the ball just fine. And instead of you just continuing that, you're saying – you know what? You need to go out there and try to outgun Patrick Mahomes. That's our game plan. That's mm-hmm. our strength. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And the most disappointing part of it before I turn it over. I love the defense. Yeah. That was that was such a damn shame. Where even with the, the offense, Dak looking like a total jackass, turning the ball over, the defense giving up just field goals. I was like, dude. I would hope that one of the defensive players went up and just punch Dak in the face, the arm, the leg. Give him, give him something. It's like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. That was just a poor showing where I thought it would turn in the right direction. And the fact that nothing ever switched really bothered me and made me depressed. Yeah, that's a good summary of it all. And like, I agree, too. They should have ran the ball 45 times again that game, you know. Like they never fell down by too much at all. And like the Patriots, I mean the Chiefs pass rush was really great with Chris Jones going up against you know, uh, McGovern as much as he did with Connor Williams being down. They really attacked that weak spot in the offensive line. And uh, and Frank Clark had a couple of good rushes too. And you know, the Chiefs defense has played well for a month now too. And so I still am not fully buying it all, but whenever you don't stress their run defense enough like they didn't do you know, this week, it's really kind of like, what are, what are you doing at a certain point as well? Um, yeah, and like, I know for you, you kind of talked about this Dallas team. They don't like, they aren't phased at all. They haven't had any problems where like they felt like they go down, they look they look lost and defeated. But last week was a lot different. Like That was like the Dallas team before where they think because they're the Cowboys, they should win. Instead of like going out there and actually making the plays to win sometimes. It was just... It- Again, it was just a side of the ball that I was not expecting because even with Chris Jones, everyone's like, oh, yeah, look, Chris Jones, look at him sacking the quarterback. Oh, look at him have three sacks, whatever he had. It's, man, I still believe I had the best defensive player on the field, which is, he is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And the fact that my defense did everything they could Mm -hmm. is just 
it's so upsetting to me where even Diggs, oh, he didn't get the pick, whatever. It's it doesn't matter. It's the offense was so awful to watch. I didn't even care about the drop passes, about it hitting Wilson in the chest, them dropping. I didn't care. I cared that Dak looked bad. Yeah. I mean, he looked really bad. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes ended up looking good mm-hmm. disturbs me considering how bad Patrick Mahomes played. Because that's also the other issue I have with this Dallas game is the Kansas City Chiefs weren't good. Yeah. I think Mahomes had seven fantasy points for me last week. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, I think he had eight for me. It's the fact of, though, everything was wide open. Everything was there. And you couldn't take advantage of it when, in fact, for me, great teams take advantage of these type of issues. And Micah Parsons, Matt, two sacks, forced fumble, is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Without this defense, is nothing. I'm just going to say that. That's why I'm going to go back to he's the defensive player of the year. Matt, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I we're, I won't have that conversation again. But like, you know, this week against the against the Raiders, the Raiders have a really bad run defense. The Raiders have had you know, their own offensive line problems of their own. Now, I'm like really just like upset about the fall of Josh Jacobs from his rookie year to today. Like he can't even get 50 rushing yards in a game a lot of these times. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, let's so let's reverse here. So now I'm going to ask you a question about Josh Jacobs. Do you think it's because the injuries? Like, in a way, it's a Saquon, but not as bad as a Saquon. It's just a Saquon because you just can't stay healthy. And now when you're on the field, you just don't have or you're scared to do certain things, and it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's just— He just hasn't had, like, the major, like, apocalyptic injury that Saquon had where he's just been banged up a lot. But also, like their offensive line isn't nearly as good as it was, you know, three years ago, because that was the offensive line where they had Jackson, they had Hudson, um, they had the the guy with the the mashed potato brains, they had Incognito, you know, <laughs> they had uh, the giant guy who plays for the Patriots now. They had Trent Brown. Like, that was the best offensive line the Raiders have ever had. I mean, I guess maybe they some better the nineteen seventies or something, but like it was like it was a better offensive line too. And then since then he's been banged up a bunch. But it's just sad though, because like that rookie year, Josh Jacobs, like he was, you know, uh, <laughs> he was orgasmic. You know, that's how good he was. And uh, and like this year, it's just like in the same thing with last year, he's just been deflating. You know, it hasn't been very much fun watching when he was supposedly have healthy this year as well too. Did you just say that he was orgasmic? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Is that what you said about Josh Jacobs, that he was orgasmic? Yeah. Matt, I don't think he was orgasmic. Saquon, his first, was orgasmic. Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, I'm not calling it that. His rookie year, right. he, was, he was pretty, maybe melt Come a on. little bit. Come on, you saying orgasmic? Come on, maybe like he got you a little bit going, but you weren't orgasmic. Yeah. <laughs> going back to my overall point with Josh here. Uh, when I, I watch him, I would go, uh... But, Matt, can you also say that maybe he hasn't gotten all the touches he deserves to have? And maybe that's. I don't think it's a touch issue. 
What is he averaging per carry though? It's over four yards. Maybe I don't know. I look this up here while I keep going. Like I've watched I, these Raiders games and like never this year have I like watched Josh Jacobs and be like, oh, that was Matt, impressive. Matt, you don't understand. He doesn't get the ball enough. That's actually my god honest opinion, and that's just well, because gotta, it's football, Taylor. You got to do the most with the opportunities. Yeah, but he's not really a catch and runner guy though. He's a pretty. And, he's a good pass catcher. But I'm so not he's saying, averaging three point seven yards an attempt. Peyton Barber's averaging 3.8. Kenya Drake's averaging 4.2. That's who it was. Oh, no. I thought it was Jacobs. But Jacobs right. is a good, was a good pass catcher two years ago. He's caught 90% of his passes just about for 173 yards. Yeah, but what's Drake after the passes? Uh, Drake is at 75%, but he's averaging 10.3 yards of reception, so 4.1 yards more. That's what I mean. Uh I thought that Jacobs. All right, all right. And your overall point then it is a weird decline when it comes to him. But for me, I still believe that it's because of the injuries. Because Jacobs is weird, where it's injuries that are just keeping him out for three to four weeks at a period of time. Where I guess you could say maybe overall it's just kind of wear down his body. It's just that's where Jacobs is at. It's yeah. just so much, Matt. They just pile up for me. Which is why for Zeke, for example, if I'm if I'm gonna compare, and this is what I like to compare to for Zeke, when did Zeke really have like a big type of injury? He missed an entire year though. It wasn't because of an injury, it yeah. was because and no, it was because he was grabbing a girl's booby up in New Orleans. He wasn't out for a whole year for that though. He was out for like ten games for No, him. he was I don't think he was ever even suspended for that. Oh, he did get suspended for it because that's why uh, What's-His-Face went after Goodell and then tried to sue him and then tried to get him out. And that's why the whole chaos thing happened where Jerry Jones turned in Al Davis. That's what I was trying to think of. But my point to you is Zeke, for the most part, knock on wood, has stayed healthy. And Josh Jacobs hasn't. Saquon hasn't. The guys that come out of college kind of banged up and who then start the season maybe having a great year, but then the next season have that injury, it usually means they stay out. It's it's weird that if you start the injuries early, it's never going to end. Yeah. I You know, you may be right. I think they're kind of similar with their injuries, though. But I'm just saying that compared to Zeke, that's all I mean, is that if you compare it to Zeke where he hasn't been injured. He just had, where, that, he had that one year, though, where he didn't play at all. But, yeah, I guess he was suspended six games for uh, was, for his ordeal he had. This is all yeah. so long ago. It was booby. I can't keep up to date with all this. I've been watching football, like, really intensely for, like, nine years now, and I can't remember any of this stuff anymore. You should remember this. This is actual history. All right, Josh Jacobs injury history. You ready? 2017 in college, broke his ankle. 2017 in in college, uh, hurt his ankle. 2019, uh, clavicle fracture. 2020, ankle sprain. 2021, ankle sprain. 2021, toe sprain. 2021, rib bruise. So he broke his collarbone. He sprained an ankle, and now he sprained his ankle again, and his foot hurts and his chest hurts. It's a little. It's a lot like you know little things. Um, That's right. Nothing like it's, yeah. I guess it is pretty similar though. Except Jacobs yeah. is also like four years younger than Elliot. So the Raiders, the last three games they played, they are zero and three after their like emotional win with the interim head coach, and they lost by a total score of negative fifty three points as well. 
with losses to the Giants, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Um, you know, Derek Carr's 30 years old. Can I just say this about Derek Carr real quick? He's 30. I, I, just have to, I thought he was still Matt, younger than that. I, I just have to say this. Matt, I, I really have a problem. I'm sorry. He's I, he's I, the new he's he's gonna be the next Matthew Stafford, except instead for like two first round picks, it's gonna be a first round pick to trade for him. Matt, what the hell is with his hair? What do you mean his hair? What do you mean his hair? He, he just buzzes it short. He's trying to grow an afro. <laughs> Let me see. What is going on? It's really bothering me where I'm just becoming more and more disturbed. I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good about myself. I don't know what the hell he's trying to pull. Welcome to Vegas, man. Cut the crap. Oh, it's a little fluffy. But yeah, Derek Carr's 30 years old now. And I think, I mean, I I think a team, the Raiders may just go full rebuild next year uh, or eventually. But I think like he's, they're just kind of stuck. And it's kind of like what we saw entering this year, even though their defense has been a little bit better. And, you know, now we kind of saw what happened with the, you know, with the Gruden thing too, where it's kind of hard to tell exactly what they're going to do going forward. But, you know, this game, you have a game where you still have the great Cowboys offense. You still have a good Cowboys rush attack. And the Raiders are pretty much a pass offense, and that's it. But they don't have rugs now. They've had some injuries there in that front. Their offensive line's hurt too. And I don't know. Hey, I Matt, just I don't really Matt. want to watch the Raiders anymore. What happened to Rugs? <laughs> yeah, it's tough stuff. I'm just kidding. We're gonna move on here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. But yes, I just don't think that the Raiders are the same. I think there's a big great cloud over them after Deshaun Jackson did what he did. They're no longer throwing a pass to him, it's, which yeah, is it's what a I, curse land. It, like last game was just like yeah. all Darren Waller, and that's it. It's just all Waller. Yeah. Thank God I was playing against him in fantasy. Kill me. So I'm going to go Dallas 30, Raiders 20. The Cowboys are seven-point favorites. I'm going to hope for this, man, but there's a lot of injuries out here. And CD had a practice today, which I believe he did. Otherwise, he was concussed, and he's going to be out for tomorrow. I think CD is going to play. And if CD plays, then I am going to say Dallas 32, and I'm going to say the Oakland Raiders, 22. If CD does not play, it's going to be a closer game, Matt. Is Cooper playing? Who? Cooper. Cooper? No, 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 no. Amari's can't play. He's 10 days. Oh, he, has to- he had COVID. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so no matter what, since it was tested positive for Thursday or Friday, he's automatically out for two games. Thank God. I get what people are saying about being unvaccinated. However, if you're unvaccinated, you automatically have to do 10 days. You're done. Which doesn't make any sense because that's not how and, it works. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. If you get COVID, you don't recover faster. Stop it, Matt. It works out this way. You want to know why? Because you have to change it this way. So if it's 10 days and they test positive on Thursday or Friday, that means you could take a test for them for the following Saturday. And if they test negative, guess what? We get to play. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, though. I know what you're saying. They just do a loophole. Cause you, cause see, they- I, I trust the science. Okay, here we go. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. We're going to get another booster. All right, so the last game we have, or the last Turkey Turkey Day game we have here, my Buffalo Bills against what used to be my New Orleans Saints until Jameis. Like, this would have been an all-time game for the Weston household, and then we had to lose Jameis, and we have uh, Simeon in right now. So last week, Buffalo, here's some some things that happens to them in their loss against the Indianapolis Colts. 
you know, Taylor had all the touchdowns that he had, but they got whomped on the line of scrimmage. They're missing Spencer Brown and Star uh, Latule. Star was out because of COVID, and same thing with Spencer Brown. So they had a mismatch their offensive line, and they lost their best run stuffer as well, too. Their turnover differential was negative four. Allen had two interceptions. Trubisky had an interception, and then they lost another turnover, too. Um, Taylor averaged 3.8 yards after contact. So after he was touched, he went and got four more yards on top of that. And they also missed two field goals as well, too, in that one. Um, Allen's now fallen to 18th in DVOA as well. They dropped a lot of passes, too. And, you know, they were just completely beat by kind of Jonathan Taylor single-handedly. And so there's a lot of uh, lot of things that all piled together for the Bills to get their you know, head kicked in by the Colts last week. I'm not going to say it's Josh Allen. I'm not going to say this whatsoever. But, man, it goes back to my overall point about Dallas. I don't care anymore. I just I don't care about the injuries. I just can't. Your team is supposed to be better than this. Your team is supposed to be dominant. You're supposed to be the dominant figure in the AFC. You're six and four. Are we being are we are we joking? You're supposed to be better than this. And the fact that they aren't is a true disappointment. I don't want to hear about anything else because it's the same thing on what I went into this season believing about Josh Allen. And I'm not trying to take any it's the same thing on what I say about Dak. I'll be consistent. You're better than this. And yeah. the fact that you're not doing better than this is bothering because I don't care who's injured. I just don't. You're the guy. You're supposed to be the guy. I've seen guys do this. What the hell is going on? And that's where my true disappointment is from both Dallas and Buffalo. It's the same kind of my shoulders are just shot. I'm I'm shrugging on what the hell. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, they lost because of the things that I just said. But, uh, well, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like... You would think if you're a dominant team, that wouldn't be enough to lose this crappy Colts team. But, you know, Taylor kind of just completely walloped him by himself in that game. Make Carson throw the ball. Yeah, Carson Wentz, I think, had like 20 pass attempts last week. I think he threw for 112 yards. You and I talk about and make fun of him every single day on this or every single week on this podcast. Why are we not forcing Carson Wentz to throw the ball? Even if you're selling out and making Jonathan Taylor not get anything to where you're just playing man every single play, that's a better chance than you leaving it wide open for John. Yeah, Jonathan- Wentz, Wentz, 11 for 20, 106 yards, one touchdown. That? that one touchdown was, be- of course, because Taylor broke like you know three or four tackles yes. to score. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a game like Buffalo had a lot of they had like a lot of self-inflicted injuries too with it, with with why they lost that game, and you know losing Star was a big part of that too. And Spencer Brown's been a blast to watch a right tackle, and it completely re- reconfigured their offensive line. But I completely agree. Like Josh Allen should be a top five quarterback this year. He hasn't been a top five quarterback this year. He's been like a fringe top ten quarterback, and he's dropped off from being a MVP candidate they was the year before. And so now here, whenever you have all these other little things that happen too, they just aren't there at all. And I think the the offense is kind of part of it too, just like how often they run the ball, how many drops they've had as well. Um, Allen throws the ball like to the deeper part of the field a lot. And so like, their shorter passing game has been nearly as as good as it was the year before too. And that's kind of effective them also. This week though, they're playing the Saints. And so the Saints went down 33-7 to to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles ran the ball 50 times for like you know 220 yards against them the week before. And then the Saints proceeded to score 22 points after... They went down 33-7, to seven, made the game closer than it seemed like. 
I, for one, was like surprised by how well the Eagles ran the ball against them. And this is an Eagles team that's gone from never running the ball at all whatsoever to running the ball 50 times against the Saints. And they've gotten a lot better at, you know, finding the right personnel groupings, finding a better offensive balance that matches what Jalen Hurts does as a quarterback. Uh, but like the Saints are, I think, similar to the Raiders right now, where these are two teams that were playoff hopefuls, you know, a month ago. And now because of, you know, losing Gruden because of the Rugs thing and then New Orleans losing Jameis Winston, you know, both those teams have kind of turned around for, for the worse as well, too. Yeah, yes and no. And I don't know if you know this. Maybe I'll have to look this up. Do you know if Kamara's playing? He's been, he was out last week. I know he was, he was out, out last the week before that. And which yeah, is Kamara's, Kamara is the entirety of their offense. Yes, and that's the only reason why I'm asking here is because, hold on, let's see, we have to, nope, never mind, wait. They yep. are going to be. He's going to be says, without Kamara again. 13 minutes ago, look at this crap. 13 minutes ago is when they announced that Kamara is going to be fully out. So, yes, Matt, I agree with you. I feel like that New Orleans Saints here, there's not going to be enough for them to be able to hold up. Ingram may be able to do something, but Matt, here's the issue. What if Saints are in this game? And what if Trevor Simeon and the Saints beat the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills go to six and five? Well, you know they play next week, right? Who do they play next week? The Bucks. Matt, Matt, what are we gonna think here? Like, we're gonna have a true issue where in a way, is this kind of a maker? No, break? no, 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 no. They play the Patriots next week. Oh, at, good. On Monday Night Football, and then they play the Bucks. Matt, if they were to lose this week and next week, that may be it. Well, they but then after that, they play Carolina, New England, Atlanta, the Jets. So that's not true. But you're still saying New England, though. You're yeah, still but saying I mean, like they, there's like regardless of that, they still will probably win ten games. But yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. And like ten games get you in yeah. the postseason. But yeah, we're looking at instead of being the three seed and getting a home playoff game to yes. maybe see. falling all the way down to the six or seven seed now. Nice. What are we talking about? I'm, I'm, and that's why I keep repeating myself. And I'm so sorry. It's just, man, I'm so disappointed. I don't think I've ever been, besides the Cowboys and what they displayed last week against Kansas City, I've never been so disappointed where I have no idea because obviously the Titans getting their asses beat against the Texans. Who the hell is the best AFC team? I mean, I think, I think the Titans are going to get the one seed, though, still. If the New England Patriots go, I'm going to, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm going to cry because it they can happen. They don't deserve it. They have a great run offense, a great run blocking offensive line, a great yes. pass defense, and they've done yes. the best job out of any team at building an offense for the rookie Look quarterback. But yeah, I, I hope the Bills sweep the Pats this year <laughs> and they win the division and we see the Pats as a seven seed, you know. Oh, um, so- but yeah, it, it's silly. But I mean, this game, though, it's like the Bills just can't get beat up on the front on their front again. The defensive line can't get crushed by... The Saints' offensive line, they can't Mark Ingram run all over them. And the same thing, their offensive line can't get demolished like they did the week before. And, uh, I mean, it could happen. Like, that could very well happen. But you'd assume, you'd assume talent would win out. And, like, the Bills, when every single time they've lost a bad game this year, they've come back the week after and play really well. 
They did it after they lost the Jaguars and played the Jets. They did it after they lost the Steelers earlier this year. They did it after after they lost the Titans and they played the Dolphins. Like consistently, kind of like Dallas, whenever they've had a bad game, they've come back out the next week and play really well too. So I'm not concerned about the but the Saints, but like yeah, what you're saying, like the sky is definitely falling if they lose to New Orleans this week. So I'm gonna go Bills twenty seven, Saints sixteen. Because Kamara is out, they're not going to score over 30 points. If Buffalo gets 30, they won. I'm going Buffalo 32. I have the Saints 22. I have it very similar to the last game. I love it. Uh, so our our Thanksgiving parlay then, Detroit, Buffalo, Dallas. That's what we're doing. Yeah, and you know what sucks is that the one I'm not confident in is the middle one. Don't tell anybody. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Uh, so the last game we have here, the New York Jets against the – how about we call them the New York Jorts instead? I like that. I think they're great. Or can we call them the Wacko Flaccos? Well, Flacco's not playing this week. What? Zach Wilson's back, baby. Oh, ho, ho, ho. no wonder they're telling me to start Corey Davis. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, even though because Flacco hates Corey Davis whatsoever and Wilson just loves him because that's the only target he can hit. I was, I mean, ho- I was hoping for Flacco. Flacco last week against Miami, 24 for 39, 291 yards, two touchdowns to zero interceptions, which was, of course, made possible by a 61-yard touchdown pass to Elijah Moore, who like caught a pass, passed a diving cornerback. Javon Hallam was out of place. He was able to beat him to the pylon after that because, you know, Elijah Moore is really, really, really fast. But this week we get Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, as a quarterback, has been pressured on 30.7% of his dropbacks, which is the highest pressure rate in football. Uh, Mecky Becton's on IR right now. So their offensive tackles, or their offensive line is composed of Morgan Moses, George Fant's playing left tackle. They have uh, the yeah. doctor, Tardif, is playing guard for him as well too. Their offensive line's in shambles as well. And so they're going against the Texans defense that like their interior pass rush has been pretty good this year. And so I think to a certain extent they can you know, make things a little bit more difficult for you know Wilson on the interior. But for the Texans, all it comes about all it comes down to forcing turnovers. They forced five against the Dolphins. They forced four against the forced five against the Titans last week. You have four Tannehill interceptions and in the muff pint. Do you think the Texans can force five turnovers again this week against the New York Jets where Wilson does have seven interceptions or nine interceptions in the game he's played? Before I get to that, also, by the way, don't ask me questions about the team that I believe in, unlike your ass. Because also, once again, I was correct about the Texans beating the Tennessee Titans. I just want everybody to know. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, two, you're two and six. You're two and nine in picking Texans I'm games now. Like, I'm very... I'm Stop. very happy. You got two of them now. I've only believed in like, come on. You, you gotta I'm give glad me you're two and six now for believing hey, in the Texans. You're such an ass. Okay, but what I want to go back to more than anything, I just believe that with Wilson. Matt, would you play him? Wilson? Yeah, I'd play Wilson. Why? You have to. Why? Because you already played him. You can't bench him for Joe Flacco. <laughs> It has nothing to do with I have not played him, nor is he not my future. My entire thing is I have played him. My entire thing is I have started him to where 
he understands gameplay where all I want him to do now is get healthy. I, I'm sorry. I kind of just don't get the correlation. And it's because I'm going to lose. I, I know I'm going to lose. Why am I going to throw Wilson out to punishment? He's had punishment. He gets the NFL. I just want him to get I mean, get I don't think he's gone the NFL at all whatsoever, yeah. though. You know what I mean? But like, but the point, but like the point about those, he's already played, he's already been out there, and you also need Mike Lafleur to establish like a better connection with Wilson because you're expecting those guys to be together for a long time. I completely agree. Like, I do think they throw quarterbacks out there too early sometimes. Like, I I do think it's an issue. I think they probably been better off just keeping Wilson on the bench for you know six weeks or ten weeks or whatever, and starting. I don't know. Who cares? Starting Joe Flacco instead for 10 yeah. games, yeah. you know? Yeah. Fine. And just have him. But I wouldn't have done Joe Flacco. I would do a guy who would actually, you know, teach him a little bit. Uh, who cares? You know? Do something like that. But I think the cat's out of the bag. And I think you have to play him. And I think you also just have to be able to have, you know, Michael LaFleur get a better connection, you know, with Wilson. But, like, this is a Texans defense that's really bad. The only reason why it seems good is because they forced 10 turnovers the last two games. They can't get stops. They can't stop anybody at all. But hey, when they force up turnovers, they're uh, better than what they're they seem to be. You know. All I know is that Tannehill throwing that wet ball. He looks silly because the Texans defense was waiting to munch on those wet crackers. That's gross. Like they're like birds or something. Bunch of geese in a pond. All I know is I loved every second of watching that Texans football game because it was. What I told you about the week before about the Titans. The Titans aren't good. They, well, they, they're they're good, but they have 30 guys hurt right now. Yeah, they won because of penalties overall. They did not win because of the talent or anything. Which game are they, you talking they about? Nine tries at a touchdown. They had yeah, you're talking about one game of the of all of the 11 games they've played. I'm talking about the games where Derrick Henry missed is what I am referring they won, to. No, they won one game without Henry. I'm not talking about the games where Henry has played. Obviously, that is who cares about those games. Who cares? Those games. Henry Henry was out for the Rams game when they beat the Rams. They beat the Rams without Henry. So you're just lying now. Hold on, hold on. Er, Er, wrong. They beat. We just we hinted at this. I said we have to bring the insider on because Matthew Stafford against winning. That still that still doesn't match what you just said though. What do you mean it doesn't match what I said? I just said the Tennessee Titans against where they don't have Derrick Henry are a little overrated right they, now. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that, but you said they needed 10 penalties to win without Henry when they beat the Rams, and that's not true. Man, they needed nine penalties. Hold on. My point was they needed nine penalties to score one touchdown against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I'm not dis- but I'm saying that's what it that's took what for I- them to win a game without Henry, but they beat the Rams on the road without Henry. Yeah, but that's also not a factor at this but, point. But, but it's, it's what aboutism is what you're saying. What do you mean what aboutism? The Rams I think the point turning into what we're saying. No, Jody. not at all. I think the point here with the Titans, though, is that the Titans have a really the Titans have a really easy schedule. They play the Patriots this week, then they're on the bye, then they play Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, Houston. And so like if they're able to get the number one seed, which is possible still, even without Derrick Henry, if they win four more games and they get the one seed, they get the first round by and they get more time for Julio and, and Henry and the rest of their guys get healthy. But it's not just Henry, though. They were missing two linebackers. 
a starting offensive guard, two cornerbacks. You know, the whole team is hurt, you know. You're right, and that's why I'm giving Dak the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to hear it. I'll give Tannehill the benefit of the doubt because he's not being paid like Dak. It's just the teams where, like, or we're talking about Allen. I can't give Allen, I can't give guys like Dak a pass. I just can't. I'm not I, sure what you're saying. The Texans won last week because they forced five turnovers. That was the difference in the game. And it's like if they what? force five turnovers against the Jets, yeah, they're going to win. You know, that's how it works with them. But I'm just saying that the Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans aren't as good because they don't have the Derrick Henry miss. I'm not disagreeing and with that. That week before with the New Orleans Saints, they needed nine penalties to be able to score a touchdown to be able to beat them, which was what my overall point was from the start. No, but your point was that they're awful because they don't have Derrick Henry and they can't win a game without Derrick Henry. When they won a game without Derrick Henry, they were very good at a game they're without Derrick Henry. They played three games without him. You're looking at sample size of three, and you're looking at the most important one of the bunch. Sample size, it should be one and two in that three-game span, which is what I'm saying, which is why I'm saying no, they're but not you, that but you, but you said they can't at all when they did. That's what the point I'm trying to make. Oh, what you said was they cannot at all. They can't win without Derek Henry at all is what you said. I forgot what you do. You take, That's what you, you said. Take, you know what? You know what? You take the generality. Oh, fine. Fine. Take that how you want it. You know exactly what I was referring to is the fact they are not I, as No, I think you just forgot that Derrick Henry was not against the Rams. That's what happened was that you forgot about Actually, that part I of it. Because my point was about it goes back to Matthew Stafford and what I said about the insider source. He but, has the, not, but if the Titans aren't good, then that doesn't count then. If it's, it's not a, a big game, then. One has to overpower the other. The one that overpowers is that the Rams – or just can't beat a winning team. They have beat winning teams this year, though. Who? All right, let's let's go ahead. You ready for it? Nah. All right, I want you to go ahead. Come on, give it to me. I guess Indy counts. The Bucks count. All right, fine. You get there. You those. go. <laughs> it's a hard fine one. <laughs> there you go. You. you took the Indy one. I would give you the bucks and the fact that you're taking the Indy one. The, bu- so the Colts fun. are six and six I now. Shut the hell! Oh my god, I hate you so much. This is the crap you pulled. The Colts are I six and five. Fun. You said that what winning teams have they you know beat? I said, I said what I said. I said what I said. Whatever. I'm gonna leave it at that. I hate you. And they beat up on bad teams too. Um, I think the biggest thing about this thing though, it's like the. The Texans need more from Tyrod Taylor. He he attempt he completed eleven passes last week for a little more than hundred yards. They had two good drives. One lev one ended with a Tyrod Taylor scramble. The other ended with a field goal. And then the other touchdown they had was because the ball stuck to the punt returner and they recovered it. And they were able to have another Tyrod Taylor uh, scramble touchdown score. Again, they won last week because of turnovers. And so they need a lot. They need a lot more from Tyrod this week. They're going up against the worst defense by DVOA in the Jets, who have an awful collection of cornerbacks in Hall, Eccles, and Carter. And these are all guys who are younger than 25. And the Jets have a pretty good run defense. The Texans have the worst run offense in football. So it's like, can Tyrod Taylor throw for 250 yards? If he can do that, they should win. If they force three turnovers, they should win. They're better than this Jets team, I think. But like, it really comes down to those two things, you know? I just think the fact that I'll put it this way. If you were to pick against your own team right now, I'd be very surprised. And it's because 
If it's Flacco, Matt, I would probably agree with you, and I think we'd be on the same page. The Jets are going to win the game. But the fact that it's Wilson, I don't think they're going to win the game, and I think the Texans are going to pull this out. Yeah, and that's this. So that's the other thing I want to talk about here. Yeah. So right now, the playoff odds that you have the Lions at sixty-two percent for the top pick, the Jets second eighteen point four, Houston third eight and a half, Jacksonville fourth at seven point three, and then Chicago fifth at one point three percent. Um, like if you're the Texans, you kind of hurt yourself in a way by lose by winning this game. But ah. the thing is, is that there just isn't like a top pick, you know, sitting there. So I don't know, like really how much like. Winning four games is is fine or whatever. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I don't think there's that much of a difference between you know picking second or fifth this year as well too. So it all doesn't really matter. Like you, if you feel one way or the other, that's fine. But I think overall, it doesn't really matter all that much. I I completely agree because you and I have talked about it this season. There has not been a standout person where everyone's like, "Ho ho, look at the clear number one, two, and three. Look at the battle that's going to be able to transpire." Nobody has ever said that about any type of college athletes this season, as far as what I've heard. Yeah, they just talk about Thibodeau is all. They talk about Thibodeau, but like Thibodeau's had games where he's disappeared completely. And there's a lot of talk about Hutchinson from and Michigan. And then there, yeah, it's like, it's not enough where it's like for yeah. sure, but you know how it's going to be different in March of next year, you know, once the combine happens and all that. Of course, which is kind of what Houston Texans would want to hope for. And the reason why, it's because what you have said, Matt, Deshaun has to be gone in this offseason. Yeah, he, he has, has to be. He has to be gone by the draft. He has to be able to give you guys something. So this is what all Houston fans should be waiting for and should be excited for. This is going to be the time. Something's got to happen. Here it is. We're getting closer and closer. So it doesn't matter about the pick to your yeah, point. Yeah, we're still like 12. Yeah, we're, we're still 12 weeks. It has to be a top five is what matters. And they're going to do that if they win four games. Want to move back. You want to hope that there is some rumble because what you and I have said, move back. Yeah. Get more picks in the future to be able to just have the 12th or the 13th. But get in a spot where people want it, but you don't want it. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. And we'll we'll talk more about it once we get 12 weeks from here too. But so the Jets play Houston, Philly, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa, Buffalo. They have, you know, two possible winning games here. Even though Miami's like competent now, that Briss isn't the quarterback anymore. And that game against Jacksonville could be the difference between picking second overall and third overall. Um, Jacksonville plays Atlanta, LA, Tennessee, Houston, New York, New England, and Indy. They have two winnable games here with... Uh, I'm actually really excited for this Atlanta-Jacksonville game. But they have three winnable games remaining, too, on their end of it. And then Houston plays the Jets, Colts, Seahawks, Jacksonville, Chargers, Niners, Titans. And they're in a similar boat where they have, like, you know, two on paper winnable games between the Jets and Jaguars. So there's going to be, like, a, a menage a trois, a real hot threesome between the Jaguars, Jets, and Texans in the last, you know, eight games of the seven games of the season to try to figure out who picks two, three, and four in the upcoming draft. I'm so disgusted by what you said, and the fact that you said it the way you said it makes me a feel menage like a menage a trois. A menage a trois threesome. 
yeah. you actually made sure that you clarified that everybody understands that there is a threesome involved. It's what you said. I want to understand for the record because I'm so grossed out. I don't ever want to I guess, talk about. Well, and I guess for for the logos, it would be a jaguar having intercourse with a bull. What inside inside of a jumbo jet? That's what that's this is. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. No, that's, that's no, what this is. I'm sorry. Nope. There's no apology necessary because that's not what we're saying. No jumbo jet. That's what it is. Yeah. No. I'm not doing this. Why are you trying to do this? We need to talk about Texas football. You're talking about jumbo jets. I'm talking about uh, jag. I'm talking about two different species of animals having sex inside of a jumbo jet. Uh, but I think it's kind of like, for sure, the Lions are going to get the first overall pick, and the Jaguars, Jets, and Texans are going to be fighting for picks two, three, and four. Each one of these teams have two wins at the moment, and this is a two-and-eight game. But yeah, I'm excited. I know I like watching bad football, and uh, this is going to be a, a bad game between two bad teams, but I do think the Texans are more competent than the Jets are at the moment. I think they should win this game, especially since they have an older roster, and like you know, the defense has played well the last two weeks, and that's more than what the Jets can say at the moment. So I'm going Houston 20, Jets 16. I'm going to go the Texans at three-point favorites. All right. Texans are three-point favorites? Yes, at home. All right. So it's this easy for you. I'm going to pick Zach Wilson. I'm going to do it. I don't even care. This is what I feel like. This is what I do. I'm choosing the New York Jets. I'm choosing them at 18. And I'm choosing the Houston Texans at 20. I'm going to play by your right. rules, Matt. Sounds because good. I believe the Texans will win the game. However, point spread, Vegas, nope. I like it. Uh, so my upset pick of the week here, I'm going Minnesota Vikings plus three at on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Do you want to say sorry at all to Kirk Cousins yet for talking about how he's not a top five quarterback this year after his performance against the Green Bay Packers? I'm not. I'm still not going to say sorry to you, and I can't believe that you would think that I'm going to say sorry to you. I don't need I'm you just, to say sorry to me. I don't care. It's not me. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. You should say sorry to him. I'm not. I'm not going to do this, Matt. I'm just not going to do this whatsoever because I think that Kirk Cousins. I, I'm happy for you, my man. I think that you have wonderful weapons that you can magically work with, even though they're probably some of the best in the league. However. Uh, it's okay. Overall, it's a, you're he's been a top five quarterback. Matt, he's number fifteen in the league. Stop it. No, he's not. Look, over look. maybe over the course of multiple seasons. But this year. All right, you know you want to know what his touchdown interception ratio is right now? This is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. 20, Go ahead. Twenty-one to two. Why he's second in DVOA right now. Why are you trying to do this? Because nobody cares. I care about Kirk. He's played well. Hey Matt. Can you tell me what the point spread is between the Ravens and the Browns? I sent you it already. I know. So what I'm going to choose here, I think the Ravens are four-point favorites. I think it's kind of gross. You want to know why? Because the Ravens aren't that good. (laughs) They're both bad. The whole division's bad. Yes. I'm going for the Cleveland Browns for the upset. And I'm going for Cleveland Browns, 24. And I'm going for Baltimore Ravens. 27. I'm mad at you for not knowing what the spread is here. You have to make me. Man, I work hard all. I work hard all day. Stop it! 
and I, I'm excited to not have to work to do the podcast with you. I got work to do the podcast too. Uh, oh my God, you're such a freaking baby. All right, so now I'm going to go for my lock. Okay, can I go for my lock? Yes. My lock. I don't think that, like, the fact that the Colts are the way they are, come on, man, stop it. Lock of the week, Bucks over Colts. I got them at 30. I got the Indianapolis Colts at 20. They got like Colts, at, or they only have Bucks at two and a half point favorites. Are we a key? What are the Bucks the best at? Stopping the run. Oh, stop you know it. what they're good at doing? Rushing the passer. You know what Carson Wentz is bad at? Throwing uh, against a pass rush uh, and making mistakes. Yeah, uh, I have the Bucks as well, too. Negative two and a half as well. Uh, <laughs> I was actually looking at my stats and my scorecard before I made mine. However, I think my upset pick is still better than your upset pick. I like it. I mean, I'm just a fan, Kirk Cousins, you know? I know you are because it's your wet dream this season. Every season you have a white boy that's your wet dream. This season it's Kirk Cousins because Josh Allen, I haven't been seeing too many jerseys this year from you. Where are the jerseys? I'm still wearing it. <laughs> Where are they? I what? actually, I don't even know where they. I think it's in my closet. I don't know. Oh, it's in my closet somewhere. I just forgot about them. Oh. I'll wear it next week. I'll be wearing it on Thanksgiving Day. Weird how you're not going to wear it this Thanksgiving day after he, or, you know, when he's playing because you don't believe in him. Isn't that no, interesting? The, the bigger problem here Isn't is that, that interesting? the bigger problem here is that I haven't had much time to watch 16 football games a week as before. Um, but to recap here, I have the, so we have Chicago, Detroit, the Lions are three and a half point underdogs. I have Detroit 17, Chicago 15. You have Chicago 23, Detroit 15. Vegas, Dallas, Dallas are seven-point favorites at home. I have Dallas 30-20. You have Dallas 32-22. Buffalo, New Orleans, the Saints are four-point underdogs at home. I have Buffalo 27-16. You have Buffalo 32-22. Jets, Texans, Texans are three-point favorites at home. I have Texans 20-16. You have Jets 18-20. And then my lock of the week is Tampa. Your lock of the week is Tampa. My upset pick is Minnesota plus three. And yours is Cleveland plus three and a half. So until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Battle Red Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 